Hey, welcome back to Pigeonhole Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Ben. Chris, I'm afraid my crease just isn't clear these days. <laughs> it's because you're not listening to the end of the episode. And, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we're just a washed-up goalie and a washed-up comedian that do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On today's episode, we want to welcome back special guest, the head coach and president of Hockey Operations for the Knolls Northeast Generals, Brian Erickson. Brian, welcome back to the show. Chris, Ben, I'm glad we got rid of Sebastian, so I'm happy that Ben's in the seat, so it's great. Hostile, hostile takeover, Brian. We, we heard your feedback, and, and we acted on it. I'm glad my voice was heard. Yeah, you got to get those Canadians off the show now and then, eh? <laughs> They're angry. <laughs> well, if I was in lockdown as often as Ontario was, I'd be pretty angry, too. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Twitter, uh, Canadian Twitter, it has taken quite the turn in the... Uh, in the last like six months because you know canada is always our gentle neighbor to the north and and now they're getting very angry on social media and it's it, but they're still like uh, sorry to complain but uh i haven't been outside in seven years right you know like they're very uh, <laughs> passive in their aggressiveness it's wonderful which which on that note you know my mom spent many years in quebec it's a thing we've referenced numerous times in the show almost to excuse all of the criticism i levy at our great partner to the north what I understand, though, is if it's the winter in a lot of parts of Canada, you're not going to see the outside world anyway. So so what's the big deal, guys? What's the I difference? If what you're seeing isn't really that great. So, you know, just, just keep your head down, watch some TV. Uh, you know, you got Ozark, you got, you know, Tiger King. You can, you can, you know, that's better. Hockey's back. Yeah, guys, come on. Just, you know, cozy up, you know, maybe have a Molson. <laughs> yeah, the Montreal Canadiens are having an amazing season, so. They are uh, impressive to watch in their futility. It's, it's wonderful here as a Boston fan. You know what? That's probably the thing because that's usually what we're you know all hearing all the complaints about. If that's not the source of complaining anymore, they had to find something else to be angry about. Yeah. Yeah. So what, yeah. And and their government is confusing to me. I'm sure as our government is confusing to them. So I never really quite know who they're yelling at because it seems to be a different doctor or person. And and uh, you know I just like. Uh, angry canadians because they're still polite they're still nicer than like a happy american <laughs> they really are i don't know if that's a compliment to them or just more of a slight on us but i i, I told uh sebastian me and him were texting back and forth today and i said well if you guys elect a guy named because you know they got the premier ford uh who's in charge yeah. of ontario and i said well if you guys like hire a guy named uh jeep he'd actually get something done <laughs> <laughs> Is that a shot? Because you know I just bought a Ford Bronco. Is, wow. I feel like uh, I just got got a shot because you've been spying on me. Well, is that a new Bronco or an old Bronco? It's a new. It's the new one. It's uh, <laughs> it's this one would have been able if OJ had this one, he would have been better. <laughs> Damn, Brian, I was trying to make an OJ joke and you beat I'm me sorry. to it. <laughs> yeah, Al Collins. Uh, I don't have him as my driver though, so that's my issue. Okay. <laughs> are you are you friends with Cato Kalen by chance? Of course, he lives in my guest house. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, break into other topics and other hockey talk, we're going to actually talk some generals hockey, Brian. Uh, you guys have been having a much better season this year, currently fourth in the East, uh, which is in a playoff position at the moment. Got a couple teams in the East that are really doing well. You got a couple teams that are not. And then you're kind of in like a three-way battle 
for the final two seeds at the current moment with the with the current standings um, and obviously with the snow delays and such. So, you know, what's looking good this season? What's kind of got you guys back in the playoff hunt? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we, in last episode, we talked a lot about, you know, the fact that, you know, we were homeless for, you know, 48 games um, you know, on the road for 48 games last year. It was, you know, it was a tough sledding for everybody. But this year we kind of, you know, we focused on just trying to get better every game. And, and I know that's very cliche, but we have a very young team. So uh, up until about a week ago, we only had four oh ones. We had a couple of threes. We have an 05 that turned 16 in December. Very young team. So, you know, sometimes you hope when you're coaching and when you're planning it that, you know, around 20 to 25 games, the kids will start to kind of click that they need to play this level, level X for 60 minutes. It's, it's taken a little bit longer, but they've also really started to buy in in the last, you know, probably three weeks or so. And and, and then we have, you know, we played Danbury, who we, who we actually play today and tomorrow. You know, we beat them and we played well down there. And then we just laid like, uh, an egg of all eggs and we lost six to one and and it was kind of one of those if you're going to lose a game let's lose a stinker because then i can use it as a as a as a message to you know the fact that we need to continue to play the way that we're supposed to play to win games and we kind of use that for new jersey you know we went down to new jersey who's a, a big rival i have a ton of respect for craig Doremus and that coaching staff and but for some reason our teams just hate each other and uh i love that and and <laughs> And it became, uh, you know, it was a kind of a chirp fest right away and became kind of chippy. And I, I feel like the physicality always kind of benefits us and the speed, you know, so they play fast and, and they play very aggressive. And, and we were able to combat that with some with some stuff. But it was probably the first 120 minute or 120 minute plus because we had an overtime win in there, but complete buy in from everybody. And it was a, a real turning point, um, we hope, you know, and, and once again, I, I told the kids it's it's only important if we build off of it and win. So um, we're getting some big contributions from some of the younger guys. Now they started to figure it out. We added an 01 defense on Evan Orr. We have another 01 forward coming in this week that um, you'll see coming announcement, hopefully uh, today or tomorrow on social media. But, you know, we're trying to add some 01, some veterans to really make a run here. Cause you know, we don't want to be in that third or fourth seed. We want to try to catch two and one. And yeah. um, I, I think we have the lineup to do it. it. It's the consistency. That's been the biggest issue. Yeah, it's been a great season so far. I mean, with with some of the some of the plays the boys are making, um, you know, we had our highlight episodes, which uh, for all of you listeners that are expecting a highlight episode here for January, it's going to be next week because there are teams like Northeast that due to delays and schedules, due to the weather and such, can have a game on the 31st. So that's uh, right. Listeners, yeah. stop sending us angry mail and, and just, you know, packages <laughs> that are ticking. You know, we get so much feedback on all of our <laughs> tremendous media channels that this has been delayed too long so please stop with the death threats i'll, I'll tell my mom <laughs> oh brian is your mom i'm gonna kill chris one two three at twitter yeah she's not <laughs> well that's why sebastian's on here to be honest um but so oh, that's what happened to him <laughs> no but it, it it's it's been um my team might be the dumbest group of kids I've ever uh, coached. <laughs> I don't mean that in like the sense that they don't aren't smart either hockey wise or in school. Um, they're just kind of like happy idiots, and and it it's it's pretty unbelievable to to be in here every day. Like every day, like I feel. I was feeling a little run down after last season. Like, you know, to be honest, and I talked to my, my ownership about that and 
you know, trying to get some support to take some some of the the non-hockey aspects of my job away from me a little bit. And these kids, these lovable idiots are uh, really, you know, make me laugh every day. Practice is fun every day. We practice super intense, super hard. And then they, they've done this thing now where they chant for no reason all the time. And I hate <laughs> chanting. Um, so it's... Uh, it's really kind of, you know, they're just morons. And, and, and I'm actually really thankful for that because they love each other. They love being here. I love coaching them. Obviously, don't, you know, we're not a big uh, yelling, screaming organization. We're more of like a talk, watch video, you know, figure it out. Um, and they've really bought into that kind of part of the culture. And it's been, it's just been a really enjoyable year. And, you know, and, and last time I talked to you too, we had hired Matt Dibble to be my, my GM. And, that relationship, I mean, he's one of my closest friends, but also yeah. the relationship of kind of looking at a kid and looking at him very differently, right? And then either talking each other into or out of without ever having like uh, an angry conversation, just having like a generally nice overview conversation about um, players that are on our roster, making sure we're evaluating correctly, you know, especially because he lives in Rochester, New York. I'm in obviously here and I see the kids every day in practice. So sometimes it's nice to see his kind of 300 mile view as opposed to mine. So, you know, with these morons here all, all the time, it's, it's sometimes it's easy for me to get stubborn on an opinion. And then when you have someone that you trust and respect as much as I do with Matt Dibble, you know, he comes in with like a, you're like, Oh yeah, you know what? You are right. He did play well the other day. And I, I was more focused on, you know, him being an idiot or, or, or something along those lines. So it's worked out really well so far this year. Our record isn't what we want it to be, but it's obviously trending in the right direction. So I think you're like missing a possible rebranding pop, you know, option here. <laughs> like, like drop the generals and just make it the lovable idiots, and then like put a I'd like a a unicorn on the uniform. Oh god, uh, that'd be awesome. Oh, the like problem, just the problem with that, they wouldn't even notice. Um, <laughs> wouldn't have its intended effect. Like they just be like, oh, new unis. Um, you know, and and they're they're just they're they're great. Uh, but man, um. Some of the stuff, I mean, it's it's all for a you know rating on the um, on the scale because these kids they just they really enjoy each other. They 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 are like goldfish in a sense, and I use that analogy with them, you know, and I, I uh, try to forget, and and they forget really quick, and and sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's bad because you know we're running a faceoff play that we run for 36 games, and kids like yeah, I just forgot it. I'm like what we we. <laughs> thousand times like yeah you know it's my bad coach you know and they, they own it and it's just uh it's a special group and and um and you know probably says a lot about kind of me being a moron too in fairness and it's kind of where i'm the most comfortable so you know having fun laughing um when we lose it's not the end of the world when we win it's not the biggest deal in the world you know and, and you just kind of kind of move past that and and you know as we gear up for for danbury who you know yeah they've they've struggled in the standings and and but they're they're a hard team to play against. They play a full yeah. sixty. They finish every hit. They're 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 going to be a real challenge. And you know we haven't even started playing Maine yet. Like we play Maine. I know they're down in the standings, but they're a terrible matchup for us. They're fast. They play really open, really loose. So you know we're just trying to string some stuff together, and it's going to have to start today. So Coach Brian, question on this. I think this idea of of kind of kids and the way they communicate resonates a lot with something I've been reading about lately, which is just how the younger generations today communicate with each other. 
And of course, that makes me sound way old. And Chris, I guess in retrospect, maybe we are way old. But as an example, yeah, the other day I coughed and because of that, I couldn't move my lower half of my body for six hours. So, <laughs> but, uh, so, so, you know, I'm doing this, this reading on kind of how comedy works, you know, these, uh, like memes or, or viral trends. And a lot of it is very influenced just by the way we digitally communicate. You know, I think it's a little bit from being isolated during this whole COVID thing as somebody with an education background and, you know, 20 years of experience as a coach, what do you see that's different about this group of lovable idiots versus previous groups in terms of how they think and how they talk to each other? Well, you know, it's funny, like I'm um, I like straddle that old school and the new school. And, and, you know, part of my coaching style came from having some terrible coaches along the way. Right. Like some guys that just like no fun was allowed. Like, how dare you uh, have fun? But the technology part, I think, is really good, like meaning you're, you're able to get the information out quickly to the kids. But then on the, the flip side is, you know, I FaceTimed with, you know, one of our captains yesterday to kind of give him an update about our game being postponed and what was going on. He's like, hey, I've got so-and-so on FaceTime. And then he jumps in and then another kid, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, you haven't seen each other for eight hours and you're all FaceTiming? Like, I don't understand what's going on with you. Like, they're like, oh, we're playing video games, FaceTime. I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand. And it's my fault for asking because just take me out of this conversation, please. Um, and, you know, but the idea that the kids are able to, you know, joke around, tell each other, oh, that practice stunk or that was fun or whatever, and have like a little bit more immediate feedback, but also a little bit more immediate inclusion, right? They feel like their their opinion, like they, they go home and there's no cell phones or whatever back in our day. We had a bad practice or we thought it was a bad practice. You don't really have anybody to tell, right? You might call a buddy and tell them, but... In this day and age, they have like we have our group text with me and Matt Dibble and Bob Penfield and Richard Dodd, our owners in there. Um, you know, it's informational. And then they have their own that I want nothing to do with. And and I'm sure they're ripping me and ripping each other and, you know, having fun. And I think that the downside probably is that everything comes really quickly. And so the the, the urgency and the rush to kind of get further down your journey is there because you see everybody else doing it. But from a from a day to day aspect, the, the fact that these kids are, you know, playing Fortnite together, just just Call of Duty or whatever the heck, you know, and I'll try to jump in and I get killed in like 10 seconds. But the, um, <laughs> the fact that they're able to do these things helps them bond in a way that's a little bit different. If you have a billet house here and there and there and there and they're not able to see each other all the time or, you know, other than at the rink, uh, it creates a different type of relationship. And, and instead, these, you know, like the other day, I can't remember, it was four kids and it wouldn't mean anything to you, but they were, they like went out to the movies together. And it was literally the four, if I, if you gave me four kids to choose that would go to the movies together, it would have been the last four that I would have ever have chosen, you know? And, and I'm like, how, what is, how does that work? Like, what do they even talk about? Like, you know, I'm genuinely like, and, and then I ask, and then it's my fault for asking, because then I, I just want to be taken out. But the idea <laughs> for me, that these kids have the ability to communicate in such a rapid way. Um, that can also spiral too. So we, you know, we talk to kids about social media. We talk to kids about, you know, texting when angry or, you know, different things. But I, I think this world is a world that I would have been canceled very quickly at a younger age. And, uh, these kids are navigating it. And it's kind of fun for me as a 45 year old, you know, staying involved in, in, in that aspect of it and being able to develop relationships with my players outside of the rink, you know, um, a little bit easier, you know, just text a kid happy birthday or, hey, how's everything going? You know, just it's so much quicker and so much easier to develop those bonds if you're willing to 
adapt to what the kids are using, right? And I hate to say the kids are using because that does make me sound 100. <laughs> um, although I did pull out today just to talk about being old. I showed my son, my, my youngest is 16. I showed him a, a, uh, an article that said anyone over 45 is in danger of having a heart attack if they shovel. So that's how I got out of shoveling today. Like a child, I showed him that I couldn't go <laughs> help. I really wanted to, but this article said that I shouldn't be shoveling. So it, it, it's great. That, that'll be something he can talk about with his psychiatrist in 20 years. You don't have to worry about that. Well, he's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, I'm going to scar him for life, and the snow is only 30 inches, so I'm sure he'll be done by next week. Dad said if I didn't shovel, he'd die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the quote, unquote. <laughs> oh, So how have you guys been navigating the, uh, the content? Not only COVID stuff, but I don't think the COVID situations really affected the schedule so far this year, but uh, how are you guys navigating these storms? Yeah, I mean, this is our first game that we postponed, really, I don't know, maybe ever. Uh, I mean, so we, it was 30 inches. Uh, Danbury came in town a day early, so we were going to, we were going to play, and the rink stayed open for us, but uh, the state police in Rhode Island shut the roads down. So uh, our hotel, because we're right where we're situated, right on the kind of Rhode Island border, Danbury and, and a bunch of our kids that live in Rhode Island couldn't actually physically get to the rink. So, you know, we had to make this. It would be tough to play if the refs are at that hotel, the other teams at that hotel, and a bunch of my players are, are in that area too and, you know, not show up. So it would have been a tough game to play yesterday. But yeah. luckily they, they stayed in town. We're going to play today. And then we just added the game for tomorrow afternoon. So it, it's it's uh, it'll be nice, you know, play a 4 o'clock game and then a noon game, hopefully get some scouts out here. And, and uh, the navigation for our kids is really – they're so quick to adapt. And, and part of that's being morons, right? They're just like, oh, okay, beauty. Um, you know, we'll, we'll play on Monday. You know, like they just, they don't know. Like, and it's, it's remarkable to me. So you mentioned that, you know, trying to get the scouts out to the game and such. And I know you've got a bunch of guys committed to different teams, including, I'm not sure who, so you can tell me who, who's committed to ASU again? Uh, Paul Minahan, one of our okay. captains. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, Considering he's going to be playing at ASU next season, how does he feel sharing his arena with the Arizona Coyotes? Well, I think Brad Marchand uh, said it best in his tweet. Now they'll only have to give away 4,500 seats to have a full house. Uh, <laughs> Zing. <laughs> he's ruthless. But Paul is, um, once again, kind of, kind of an idiot, right? Like, he's just... <laughs> be alive and you know, he comes to the rink every day with a smile on his face you know he's in 03 i don't know if he's going to go in next year yet or not like he's got to add some strength to his to his uh to his game you know we get the the best part about about coaching and at this level to me is uh being entrusted with the development of some of the kids by the schools you know and and, and paul minahan uh was one of those kids that they were like hey listen this is what we need him to become can you help us absolutely right you know and and that's a big part of the junior hockey landscape, I think, that people don't always understand is sometimes, you know, you put a kid on your power play or your penalty kill that, you know, maybe isn't the best fit for your power play or your penalty kill right away. But that's what the school wants them to do. And that's where the school wants them to get. So you, you go through the struggles a little bit to get the reward, you know, and and Paul's a, a perfect example of that. David Andrichuk was a great example of that. Jackson McCarthy, you know, guys that have committed and as soon as they you know and we added evan or from michigan tech first call i made was to michigan tech like hey what can we do to make this get better for you right you know and that's that's an exciting part of it you know on, on my end i wanted to just kind of kind of follow up to this whole point of uh, of this lovable idiot piece 
you know, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit earlier, kind of some of the challenges that that the kids are facing as they kind of grow up in this day and age and become team and become a player uh, in their own right. Um, one of the things that I remember reading about, and again, you know, I think I think you have an interesting background in this as somebody who's not only coached young people in a sports capacity, but also somebody who's an educator. Uh, one of the things I'm seeing is that in the environment that we're in, and you mentioned this, where you're constantly in touch with your peers, your colleagues, in the case of the teammates, etc., is everything you do gets feedback constantly. And very often it's not good feedback. And in some cases that can uh, discourage young people from trying to find themselves or be an individual or, or do things that break the mold because there's a reprisal that can come from that in terms of like the feedback. Is there anything that you've seen to be really important as you're developing the players to help them kind of find their own game or find their own path? Yeah, I mean, I think for me as, as a coach and, and for Matt Dibble and Eric Proge and my, my associate and, and Cody Gagne, like the one missive that we have is make hockey fun, right? So what that means is I don't want kids to go out there afraid to fail, right? They have enough failure and they get enough, you know, from their parents or their advisor, or you play terrible or whatever, right? For me, a kid makes a pass up the middle, they pick it off, they go down and score. Okay, I come back to the bench, kid comes back, speed himself up. I say, uh, what happened there? Um, uh, coach, I just made a terrible play. Okay, you know, and then you, you walk away, right? And, and at the end of the day, like we're trying to help kids become better at self-analyzing. Instead of taking that feedback and, and internalizing the, negative, the negativity that they might get quickly, right? Just like they'll get praise quickly, you know, via social media or via group text or FaceTime or whatever. Uh, we want to make sure that they're also becoming better at themselves, internalizing how they played and what they could do better, and then talk about what they saw versus what we saw, right? So the couple things that we do here that I think are pretty good exercises is, is one, you know, we have the iPads on the bench. So the kids can walk, go back and watch, you know, their play like right afterwards instead of saying, hey, remember six months ago that shift you had and that pain, you know, the kid's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But, you know, for us, like that's an important piece. The other aspect of it for us is we do video. So we do video one on one um, with the kids every week and they need to. So I, t I tell them which game I want to do video on. Right. So I'll say Friday's game for this kid, Saturday's game, et cetera. It doesn't matter. And then they have to bring their three best shifts. In their three worst shifts, they have to tell me why, what was good about each shift and what was bad about each shift, and then overall how they played, right? So right away, I'm making them, you know, do some homework, but also try to teach them how to self-evaluate, right? So when a kid comes back to the bench and goes, hey, coach, what did you think of that pass? I say, what did you think of it? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, was it a good pass or was it a bad pass? Well, I thought it was a good pass. Okay. Well, you thought it was a good pass and you're right. Like I liked it or uh, that's a terrible opinion. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in way, right? the idea for us is to try to get these kids to slow down and, and, and not be rushing to judgment, right? The hardest part, um, if you've played any sport, forget about hockey in general, is having one bad play or one bad shift define your game yeah, that absolutely. whole and 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 that's kind of why we talk about being a goldfish like forget your good stuff but like build on it you know like remember why you were good but now forget about it and now let's just go out and play smart fundamental system-based hockey and then if they had a bad shift okay forget about it let's go back out and get back to being basic and simple and and, and then we can go from there 
right? It's it's not to get too high with the highs and too low with the lows. And our job, I think, to keep the game fun and to keep playing, you know, this game should be fun. Like I, I hear too many kids that are miserable playing, you know, junior hockey or college hockey, and you know, um, and it becomes a job to to a degree. It's just something they always did. Uh, and for us, we want it to be something where they learned a ton about themselves, right? That hopefully allowed them to become better hockey players by being able to self-assess better, but also better people. And like that, that's good for the job market. That's good for relationships. You know, I mean, you know, Chris, you're married, right? Like, you know, I used to try to argue and like, I'd be like, oh, I can win this argument. You're like, oh, no, you what can. am I really winning? Right. What am I winning? Well like, I'm not yeah. winning. Anything. Yeah. So, so now it's just kind of like, okay, you know what? She's got a great point there. And, um, we're going to leave it at that, you know, and and ultimately, you know, start to self-internalize, you know, because for us, as with all this feedback, immediate feedback that's happened is um, kids get the negative. And I, I know myself when I was that age, if there were 99 good things said and one bad thing said, that's oh, the one bad thing. thing. Absolutely. It's the only thing I would have heard. Right. And you need to have kids start to internalize. Well, you know what? I played well or I didn't play well. They're right. You know, and. And just be able to figure it out. It makes them be able to adapt to the criticism or the praise so much quicker if they're able to truly understand how they played well, why they played well, what they can do to continue to play well, or why they played poorly, what they can do to start playing better and then start on a, a little string here. Right. You know, so that's that's a really long winded answer to a short question. But I, I think it's a really important aspect of the growth of a, of a hockey player in general or in a person as well. Uh, probably it's it's yeah. I mean it was a short question maybe to deliver but it's a super complicated one and you know with with transparency Chris you and I have talked about this like part of the reason Brian I'm curious I'm I'm at a point where I'm probably going to be you know thinking about the kid thing pretty soon too but I remember oh. being a young person yeah Chris we but we've talked don't act like you're surprised I'm, you guys are only a little bit farther away than I am uh, but you know that is to say <laughs> I remember being a kid and it sucked and you know in part I was in a military family I moved but. So I was always the new kid, but just it was hard enough with with bullies and pressures that we were facing without all of the additional scrutiny that I think kids today get. So the more I get an opportunity to listen to someone like yourself who has a lot of experience molding young people and helping them, like you said, be able to to have the right filters or the right drivers to interpret the information coming their way, whether it's criticism or positive feedback. Very, very valuable. I, I don't know about you as a, as a dad. I'm sure you've seen this with your kids, too. It seems like it's a terrifying time to be a kid. It's um, it's probably the most confusing time to be a kid, right? Because we we and, and this is not a political statement, but we we seem to have gone from a great spot about talking about mental illness. And we had Bell Let's Talk, you know, the, the other day to doing a lot of things that negatively impact the youth's mental ability to cope with certain aspects. And in sports is such a great outlet for that. And then too many times it becomes an outlet that doesn't foster the the right emotion right so it becomes a negative aspect to something that was already you're already feeling negatively because you know school's online you're not having the social interaction with friends and then you finally go to the rink and you get to have this great social interaction and you don't have fun like it, it just puts a lot of pressure on kids and and i think that's tough i mean my 16 year old is in i get to drive to work with him every day right he's in my academy at the 16 level the 16 u level and and that's awesome. But I know what like he goes through. You know, we talk, but I'm, he doesn't tell me everything. And I'm glad, I'm glad he doesn't. 
because uh, I remember the stuff that I was thinking when I was 16. But, you know, he tells me, he tells me, he tells me a lot and, 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 you know, we have a good relationship. And my 20-year-old my that's away at school, he's in this world where like half his classes are on Zoom and, you know, he doesn't really know anybody other than people and his roommates. And it, it becomes debilitating in a, in a lot of ways. And, and sports needs to be that outlet, right, for, for kids to hear. It's got to be like a fun, safe place. Like, yeah, you can fail. And yeah, you, you're going to fail. But like, what are the consequences of failure? Is the consequences you get traded to Alaska? Or as the consequences that we talk and we figure out a way to to improve you, right? And 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 you hope that the answer is figure out a way to improve you. It, you know, sometimes that leash ends, but for the most part, like we're we're trying to navigate with all of these kids the mental health aspect of of just their friends are dealing with different things, and their parents are, and they have a girlfriend, and they have you know, school and they, they just have a million different things that are going at them, and everybody's like, oh, it must be so great to be a kid. I think it must be a nightmare. To yeah. be honest, I am so happy. I grew up when I did. You got the disconnect when you left school. You got the disconnect from that environment, and I think today's kids don't. They're they're stuck to it. If they're especially if they're not in a good environment, that environment follows them home. When I left school, because I was a socially awkward kid, I was definitely not the popular kid. Um, Wait, really, Chris? You? Yeah. Wow. Talking. Yeah. Jackass. Yeah. But, but I'm like, I got to disconnect. I, I was the kid that was obsessed with hockey and football, but I didn't talk to anybody. I had no social anything. Like I just wasn't the social guy. And all I did was think about football, hockey, and girls, and food because you know I was 16, 17, 18 years old, and that was it. I didn't talk to people about anything, and I got the disconnect. I didn't feel connected with anybody at school, but, you know, you always had people you didn't like. But if I had to go home and have Facebook and, you know, Twitter or whatever else kids use, you know, TikTok and crap, I don't know if I would have been able to disconnect and just be a kid and just also just give that time for your brain to process what it's thinking and why it's thinking it, which is, you know, a really important aspect of mental health, because if you can disconnect from sometimes what's very poisonous – it's, refresh your mind yeah you're better it, it, it's, even as a 45 year old right there's message boards and facebook groups and you'll see your name get mentioned to your organization and you want to be like that's not true you, you, you know you want to respond but there's no upside in responding right it's that uh -huh. person's opinion or that person's Absolutely. experience and you know sometimes there is value in responding if someone asks you a specific question but the, the younger me, you know, the, the, the alcoholic me uh, would have self-destructed a little bit and, and responded to everybody and, you know, really tried to prove that everybody should love me. And, and, and you know, I still want everybody to like me. I think that I, I love when people say, I don't care what people think about you. OK, well, relax. Every, everybody cares, you know, to the degree is really what the issue is, right? To yeah. the degree to which you care. And for me, you know, at, at, at this age, like some kids are going to think I'm the best coach ever. A lot of kids are going to think I'm terrible, right? Other people are going to think I'm funny. Most people don't. You know, I, I sometimes am the only one that laughs at my jokes more often than not. And, and Ben, it sounds like nobody laughs at your jokes. So the idea is that you know, yep. for us, like we also like are dealing with that at our 30s and 20s and 30s, 40s, right? Like whatever. Imagine what you're doing at 16, 17, 18, 19 when a kid that you yeah. think you're there just committed to Michigan State. And you're like, what? What, am, what is he doing? What has he got that I don't have? And then you're you're spiraling for no reason. The connectivity, I guess, it's positive in a lot of aspects. Like they do get to go home and they're able to communicate with each other. And 
you know, build each other up or talk about a crappy practice. But there's the negative side. There's it's it's a plus and minus game, I guess. And uh, as long as you you know you're on the positive side of that, you know, at least a plus one. <laughs> you know, uh, it, I think it's a it's 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 helpful. I agree. It's, I mean, yeah. it's it's phenomenal. I mean, imagine. I mean, this dating app stuff. Let's just go there, oh. right? I don't know what. I don't. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that I grew up when I grew up. But at yeah. the same time, like you know, I think it's hard being a kid in any day and age. The one thing that I'm happy about are people are realizing that it's hard to be a kid, and and that's kind of a step towards uh, making it work, right? I have a family of educators here. I have a sister that you know is in school. And, you know, masks and no masks and uh, some kids are on Zoom and some kids, you know, whatever. And, and she's trying to service a million kids with a million different anxieties that didn't exist even f- 10 years ago when I was teaching. Right. Every kid just showed up to school. There wasn't a mask. There wasn't anything. You know, kids are worried about girls and uh, grades and sports and their parents and all those things. But now you've multiplied it by a million. Right. And and that's the hardest part. And, and when we try to come to the rink, we don't try to close it all out. We, we try to, you know, help it, the good stuff shape and mold us to be better. And then also learn quickly how to, you know, part of the why we teach kids how to like turn it off and like forget about the bad and also forget about the good. is so that hopefully in the rest of their regular day to day life, they can do the same. I mean, it's not that easy, but that's the goal. So speaking of goal, I know, you know, I took us down this path and I really value Brian. I think he had some really interesting insights that that certainly well so but you know chris i know we also you know as we always do we have to come to the end at some point so i was wondering you know if my favorite question maybe that's what we use to lighten the mood a little bit and get some more more personal insight from coach brian yeah wrap it up with your favorite question and then for anyone that wants to stick around for the bonus episode can literally hear us ramble on especially about my uh nightmare trip back from berlin so go for it so coach brian you know, close your eyes and imagine it's a it's a beautiful Saturday morning. You're not wearing a tie. You're not at work as as you are now. You hardworking man. What's your favorite breakfast that you're going to enjoy mm. on this day off? You know what? I never eat breakfast, but if I if my wife makes me go to like a diner or a breakfast place, which I do enjoy, I'm going to go with pancakes. And um, my wife calls it uh, maple syrup soup because I put so much on. <laughs> it's it's like the whole bottle's left when I'm done. I, I, I love a good a good pancake. I like a lot of sugar and uh, whipped cream. Like it's basically dessert in the morning, you know. And that's that's what I like because I want to have a half gallon of ice cream every night. But instead, I'd like to have that in the morning instead. So that would because you can walk cool. it off. Yeah, more waddle. But yeah, I could walk it off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's a great place to wrap this episode. For all of you who want to stick around for the bonus episode, click on it. It'll be available. But that said, before we do break out of this, we want to talk about our nonprofit of the podcast, which is the Mass Climate Action Network, who is dedicated to halting the threat of global climate change through the reducing emissions of greenhouse gases in Massachusetts communities. So show your support or get involved at massclimateaction.org. Link will be in the description of the episode. We again want to thank our special guest, the head coach and president of Hockey Operations of the Nulls Northeast Generals, Brian Erickson, for taking the time to jump on with us. Thanks, guys. And we also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. But, but stop the hockey. death threats. Please stop the yeah. death threats. 
Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, no more, no more death threats, guys. But this is the Pitch and Hockey Podcast with Chris and Ben. Pancakes. And like Ben should remember, always clear your crease. Got to remember. Remember.